Hey guys, Sean here. Welcome to our episode of the Any Given Monday podcast. And as you can tell, we are just about 10 seconds into this podcast. I haven't been interrupted yet, so you know Eric is not in the intro to this podcast. And we'll get into exactly why in a second. But more importantly, uh, today's guest is a phenomenal guest. She is by far the fastest person we've ever had to do an official 5K time, or any 5K time, actually. <laughs> it doesn't have to be official or not on that one. Um, phenomenal athlete, Rachel Smith. And on top of that, she also talks about cycling, the swim Swift apps, like someone like myself had no idea what it was, but how people are competing indoors during these times, I suppose after the pandemic as well, perhaps, and um, how you're able to compete around the world using cycling and her future goals of wanting to do an Ironman 70.3. So she talks about her running journey, her cycling journey, everything she's doing now to keep motivating her training. It's a phenomenal interview. Well, it's a phenomenal interview in what I could hear of. So when we're doing this podcast, uh, my internet was just really crummy doing it. I'm getting very good on that cursing there but very crummy my internet was during this episode so there was times where I was just picking up you know every second word or stuff like that so you will hear probably around 10-11 minutes into this podcast Eric just tear into me and it's actually the only part of the podcast where it didn't record Eric had a question for me seemingly on on gym or weights or something in the conversation and I obviously just cannot hear a thing so I just see Eric frozen with his eyes up in the back of his head as if he's the undertaker for some reason and he pretty much just shuts me out for the conversation so if you're wondering hey you know why is Sean not talking here Sean could barely hear things so if I do ask questions in this interview that's already been answered uh, I do apologize for that but on your end while listening to the podcast you guys will hear it'd be absolutely perfect for you guys we, we've gone through the podcast we've edited out, um, out any pause or anything like that in it so it's just a smooth podcast for you guys you guys shouldn't notice any technical difficulties at all but just in case a couple of times Eric does throw it back to me saying absolutely nothing or freeze and stuff like that now you know why now you know the backstory we like to be bluntly honest on this podcast episode with that said guys like I said at the very start I'm going to keep it short and sweet we're going straight into today's podcast this is Rachel Smith on the Any Given Monday podcast enjoy So this week of the podcast, I'm trying to think how I start these intros, and it's always different each week. I'm like, I gotta say something great, and then I realize Eric's pretty much just stung me in the deep end. I actually don't know a whole hell of a lot about this guest, apart from one thing. Eric knows this guest, as it always is the case on the Any Given Run Day podcast. Eric, who do you have lined up this week on the show? This week, Sean, I'm kind of trying to get you like Tommy Tiernan here, where you don't know them, and let's see how you work on the old interview skills. But um, this week, Sean, we have Rachel Smith with us. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Thank you for having so, me on. No problem. Thanks for coming on. This is a great thing. Um, Rachel, you are an average, mediocre, less than good runner. Is that right? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> what kind of introduction is that? <laughs> we have to ease them in. We have to ease oh, them in. Ease, they're so easing them in and they're not letting me know a thing. Come here. I'm just doing that to make myself <laughs> feel good because I didn't go running today, Sean. I was doing stupid jobs and it was very cold and snowy, so I didn't go. And neither did you, so don't even come at me with that. I got so, the cardio Rachel, session in for the wrong group. Anyway. Now that me and Sean feel very good about ourselves and putting you down, um, you're better than average. You're a very good runner. You always have been. And how did you get into running? It obviously started in your, your younger years. If you want to give us a little intro to yourself. Yeah, so... Um, I didn't run, I suppose I was always very active. We were just thrown into everything from swimming to horse riding. Um, and then running sort of came maybe towards the end of primary school. I was just thrown into community games. And this was something that wasn't actually in our parish. So we went to the neighboring parish and I just ran and I won. So my parents were kind of like, oh, 
okay, she's after winning this out of the blue. But I couldn't go any further because they're really strict on you have to live within that parish to compete for them. So my parents signed me up to a club then the next week and it just sort of took off from there. Uh, I've been with that club in Kilcock ever since. So shout out goes, to everyone in St. Coca's. It goes a bit above my uh, welly throw competition and in sports day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what was it like on that first run? Did you just, did you know anything about it? Did you just go, all right, we're just going to run as fast as I can and see how we end up? Yeah, pretty much. I suppose back then <laughs> you didn't have the mental side affecting you. You just were just excited to be lined up on the start line. You just ran. You just had to get to the finish line as quick as possible. And I think as far as I remember, my dad threw me into the very next race as well. And I came second to a girl who is now a top class Irish athlete. So, yeah, they I think I just kind of stunned them. They weren't really expecting that. <laughs> but you're you're saying you finished second to a top class Irish athlete. But myself and Sean would probably put you in the bracket of top class Irish athlete. What is your what's your 5K PB? Go on. Uh, I have ran 1635 for 5K. Mother of 1635 <laughs> for 5K. <laughs> right, well, I'm not going to have an idea about you, Rachel. What, 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 what were you doing in primary either. school? What's going on here? <laughs> Rachel's not yeah, tall. She's, a, I, she's only like up to my yeah, shoulder. That at the one. End. <laughs> what is what? Yeah, the, how, I, I, I suppose you don't have to be tall or have long legs. You just, but you know, it just was a lot of hard work over the years. You got to do okay. a whole different sporting events, do horse riding. All of a sudden, you're able to do 5K in, in 1635. There's, there's a gap here. What is going on? <laughs> So how did it how did it progress then from athletics? So you showed up. So this is one of the things a lot of people ask Rachel is about when they're trying to get into running. Like obviously when you're younger, you kind of have less fear because you just want to try anything anyway. When you're when you're involved in many different sports, you're you're kind of happier to give it a go. But what is it like on that day one when you're going down, not knowing how to run? You know, like how do you transition from just show up to the start line, give it your best to actually competing at that level, a 5k level and and you did go on to compete in cross countries and stuff and represent and Irish teams and stuff. But how do you how do you go from that day one? Like what's involved in the 10,000 hours to become good at it, the 16 minute, you know, 5K? Well, I think looking back, I obviously don't compete to that sort of extent anymore. Um, but I definitely think it has been a lot of just consistency, just turning up week after week onto the track, even when there's no one else there, just that constantly turning up and giving it your best effort. Because at the end of the day, running, cycling, swimming, you can do them with a lot of people, but they're individual like sports. Nobody is going to pick up your shortcomings if you don't train. Um, so I was, think I was always very good at actually showing up and getting the training done. Um, I do think, though, <laughs> if I could definitely bring that mentality with me, that just show up and run and do your best um, from day one, I think, if I could have brought that with me, I think that's something I tell people. Just always go out. Always just give it the intention that you're just going to give it your best and enjoy it. That's one thing I look back on and think I did enjoy it throughout most of my time doing it. And I think that certainly helped. And part of the the battles people have is, and this is something that was asked of us in our last podcast, is the fights that you have in your head, particularly on those runs where you're pushing to the maximum. How do you 
tap in there to keep yourself going <laughs> at that pace yeah like because I know the mental battle I have about 700 meters into a 5k best effort and it's not it's not a pretty place for anyone to see how what, what kind of mental battles do you face or how do you combat that well I think it's the same for everyone no matter what level you're at you kind of start off and you know 5k's <laughs> if you're doing them right they should seem very easy at the start and I think everyone hits that point where they're like why am I doing this how far is it to go? Oh God, do I still have to finish? Oh, I could stop. No, I'm not going to stop. I think you have to just believe in yourself and believe I can make it to the finish line. There are <laughs> so a lot of things. Just that constant, like I can make it to the finish line. It helps when you've done it before, because then you can just say, I've done this before. We've been here before. We've got through this. And it always helps knowing how quickly you recover. Like you think any run you've done, you know, you might be sore the next day, but you're not dead. You're not, you know, you've survived it. You've got through it. And I think that definitely helps knowing that you're going to recover pretty quick. So you might as well leave it all out there. That's actually a good point. I've actually never really, we'll talk about, well, when we talk about marathons and stuff, obviously that's something me and Sean found and spoke about before in the podcast that we suffered our first one. We wanted to kill each other. It, it was absolutely mm-hmm. death on tarmac. It was, it was disgusting. And we, we say it every week, but the second time yeah. we did it, Sean, there was that feeling of being there before, wasn't there? It was, I suppose it's a very good point to know when you see those mile markers, you're like, oh, I recognize this part of the track. I'm, I'm used to this feeling at 3.2K on a 5K. You know, it's there's a lot to be gained from the experience of it. Was there yeah, a particular... Like, sorry, go on, Sean. Sorry, Rachel. No, I was just going to say, just on the back of Eric there saying that, was there a particular barrier you you hit or you broke heading towards a 16.35? You're like, oh, I can push this a little bit further. Was there a, a particular race or run in particular before you got there? You're like, oh, I, I, let's see how far I could take this now as a confidence booster kind of kind of event or run. Yeah, so that year and try, I think it was 2017. I'm, I'm crap when it comes to remembering the years that I did all these races in. But I think it was 2017 and I had never broke 17 minutes. And that had been the goal. And I had gone over to Sligo probably the year before. And I had jumped into a race where Mary Cullen was trying to get a time. And I jumped into that with the intention of breaking whatever. Um, Mary Cullen, obviously a top class Irish athlete, um, incredible, incredible person. Um, And I fell short. I was maybe 17, 15. So I knew I could get close to that 17 minutes. And I actually went out and did a road race in Kilcock. So that's where, you know, I went to school and from just a cycle cock. Um, you know, it was very familiar territory. I think my first 5K was around this course. And I went out the week before I ran the 16.35 and just jumped into the cock 5K and I ended up running 16.38. So that was massive for me. That was the first time. And I had just done it. I hadn't really put any pressure on myself. It was, you know, that, that comfortable feeling I was basically at home I was surrounded by my club mates you know coming up to the finish line everyone recognized the singlet I had a lot of people who knew me cheering me on and I was able to run that incredible time and then a week later I went over to Loughborough in the UK and I ran my 1635 on the track but again because I had done it the week before in sort of a really comfortable environment the next week I was there and I was like okay I've done this I know I can hold this pace and there was more girls and um, obviously it was a pace track race. So there's more girls around me. So and they were all the same position, you know, we're all aiming for this time. Let's just go out and do it. 
It is amazing, isn't it? That like that mental barrier. And Sean, you've probably seen this with weightlifting as well, the whole hundred kilo thing for people with their bench press. That it's a lot of the time it's a mental game that you kind of talk yourself out of what you're capable of doing. I find I do it to myself as well. I think Sean is lagging there, Rachel, because he's just looking at us like he's he's a lost <laughs> little puppy. He's not really picking up what's going on at all here. Are we moving now or what's going yeah, on? You're back you now, guys you're no longer involved in this conversation. Sit so down there, Sean, and just listen in. So anyway, Rachel, <laughs> you, uh, you, you packed, <laughs> you packed I didn't know you were asking me a question. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying about the weights, the mental barrier about the weights. What? Why the barrier? Oh, okay, oh, fair enough. Oh, no, right, gone, yeah, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> we, you might as well edit yourself out of this interview, Sean, because you're absolutely a participant. That's all you are here now. You're just hosting the meeting. So, Rachel, you left uh, you left the running, and we had this chat the other day about cycling. So you've 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 done you, you used to just show up and win races for fun, really. After you after you broke that mental battle, let's be honest, because <laughs> we we got to know you in Minute uh, Athletics Club, and that's where me and Sean saw you first. Um, yeah. And you used to just win races for fun in, t- in the college scene pretty much for a little while. It was quite competitive, but you did win a lot of races. Yeah, actually, um, I suppose two of, I suppose, what I consider my best achievements was I got two varsity goals one year for Maynooth, so representing Maynooth. And, you know, that's something, you know, it was really nice. It's, you know, it's always nice when you win, but then to win representing your university, which, um, you know, put a lot of time into it and everything um there's two events that i'm very very proud of um but then i got injured in university so again i struggled a lot mentally throughout my time but i always managed to push through you know i've had my successes but then i got a very bad injury and i was running and i was in pain but the way the injury was is i wasn't actually doing any damage so it was like a nerve injury. So i could keep running I wasn't ever going to do any damage, but it got to the point where I just couldn't deal with the pain. It just started wearing on me mentally. I was going out for a run and I was just in agony and I'd be sore for days after the whole way up my shin. And even though I was saying to myself, okay, you're not doing any damage, keep pushing, keep pushing. It just wore down on me so much that I said, I can't, I I just can't. And this was my final year in college. And I was actually in DCU at the time, finishing my teaching degree. and I just stopped. I was going into my final semester in college and for teaching, that was a half a semester placement. So I decided to stop running completely, um, just dedicate my time to my teaching, to my studies, because we still had lectures in the evening. And I just forgot about running because that injury really made me fall out of love with it. And then I started cycling because I still wanted to keep fit. I kind of did nothing for that maybe six month period. Um, you sort of gain a bit of like, I suppose when you're running, you're extremely small compared to, you know, when you're just normal. So I managed to put on a bit of weight. And I think that really helped with the injury. My body got a chance to fully recover. And I started cycling just to get back into a low contact sport. So I could cycle all day and not pull up sore. Whereas I was going for 30 minute runs and still getting a bit of a niggle. And I just never looked back. I just said, wow, what is this? And I just <laughs> fell in love. I I just absolutely fell in love with it because um, I even brought my first bike home from Australia. Like I was just using a secondhand bike that my boyfriend had. It was maybe four, maybe six centimeters too big for me. 
I didn't care. I just loved being on that bike. Ah, brilliant. And it's, uh, it is weird to hear. Well, obviously running is something we all become accustomed to as we go through school. We're always made run. We're always on a football or whatever sport it is. Running is always the basic one. Cycling is like something you kind of do when you want to get to school quicker. And that was about the extent of most people's cycling career when we were younger. But I suppose when you when you pick up something like cycling, it was something I only picked up really recently as well. Um, after taking on the marathon stuff, I was like, I want to try the triathlon side of things. And there's something very humbling about a cycling race because you think <laughs> it's easy and you think you're fit. And I'd be tall, so long legs, lots of power and stuff. But then you see guys with bellies who are experienced cyclers that just know the art of cycling and they're they're passing you out. How have you found, I suppose, having been so many hours perfecting the run, how do you find it now being the beginner on the bike? How do you find that? It's like you're going back to square one. So um, I hadn't really raced. I'd done just a handful of duathlons. um, And most of my cycling was just done with my boyfriend who was coming. Like he had a very successful um, junior triathlon career. Um, And, you know, when you go out on the road with him, you either keep up or he's gone. (laughs) No But then then, um, since I joined Zwift, I joined an e-team where Team Rave and it's just incredible. You're just with women from all over the world. I haven't actually met any of these women um, all over the world. And some of them are like masters, like over 50s, they're mothers, they're working. And it's just amazing to think that like with running, it tends to be done maybe in your 20s, 30s. That's when you're at your most competitive. But with cycling, these women, like who would be maybe 50s, 40s, still doing incredible times. So it's just a completely different ballgame. There's definitely Rachel, the longevity. Um, oh, sorry, just, Sean. Just you're, for you're a back second, you guys way. are uh, uh, back in, uh, back in, all right. Yeah, I, I'm completely tough. lost the cycling thing. And I reckon I'm not the only one because my experience of cycling is pretty much, you know, do, do this, teach a spinning class to a bit of girls there or something in the background. What is Swift? <laughs> so Swift, um, I suppose it is an e-cycling world. So when you hop on your indoor trainer, you basically turn on a computer game. I think that would be the best way of describing yeah, it. It definitely. is this virtual world that you have an avatar and your avatar is on their bicycle, which is powered right. by your smart trainer. And I'm just going to go out straight away and say it, it is addictive. <laughs> like Mario Kart or what's going on? <laughs> it is. Except yeah, it's fire it is Mario shells. Kart, That's about it. Only you are you are the character. Are you sign up different events and races stuff all the time? It sounds perfect for the times we're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um to be honest, I probably if we hadn't been in lockdown and so restricted, I don't even know if I would have got it. Um and then where would I be? What would I be doing on my Tuesday evenings? <laughs> um, so it's it's a virtual cycling world. So you can obviously do as much or as little as you like. Um, you can just do free riding, which just means you're just going around the different um, the different uh, roads that they have. But they also have these group cycles. Uh, they have a lot of different races as well. So tonight, as you can tell by my lovely big rosy cheeks, I did a Zwift um, racing league. And it's just people from all over the world competing in real time against each other and it's just a real sense of you're getting that competitiveness and um, i'm part of this team so while we aim to be competitive it's 
it's very relaxing. Like there's no, com- there's no pressure on you. Everyone's just there for the same goal to have a bit of fun and um, compete to the best of their ability. And uh, yeah, I just, I love it. So well, a bit of background, a bit of background, the, background Sean, well. the, the, the electric trainer. So you connect your bike onto this. It's a, it's a drive train. So you, you actually take the back wheel right. off your bike and you connect into this smart trainer. So there's all kinds of smart trainers you can get, but most of them are compatible with these kind of apps that you can get, like Trainer Road and Swift. Two very different platforms, Swift being more like your Mario Kart, Trainer Road being more your stats, you know, focused. It's like the, the Russian and Rocky, you know, it's that kind of training. Um, but it's um, it's 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 more the, you know, you're actually looking at the numbers of your training, whereas Swift, you're actually looking at the roads of France. I think, Rachel, you you were cycling around France the other day, um. So you're 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 getting a little bit more in it, in the different zip, Zwift world. So just to kind of backtrack on on some of the the details of it. So instead of being out in the cold, you're indoors on your bike, looking at your screen, seeing other racers' scores and times, your RPM and and all the different power that you're 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 putting into the machine. I suppose. And is yes. it like? So, sorry, sorry, Rachel. Is it is it like um comparable to being indoors in a treadmill compared to going on the outside, where it's a different kind of running cycling thing, or because you're on the same bike, it's very similar? I would say it's very similar. Now, obviously, the more you Zwift, um, probably the worse your bike handling skills get because you don't, you know, you're not moving, you're stationary, you can take your hands off, things like that. Um, mm. just as a complete aside, you can actually get. Um, attachments that means you can steer your avatar but that's something <laughs> for another day um, but it's all done but based on your watts and specifically your watts per kilo so if i'm cycling along and i'm going maybe just at one watt per kilo so really just cruising everyone doing one watt per kilo will be going at the same speed as me and i can see all these people in real time you can see people passing you out and um, you're able to meet up with people so even though, you know, I suppose it's like, just to answer your question, treadmill running is very different to road running. Hmm. I think this one is definitely more similar, the sort of indoor biking to outdoor biking. But again, you are losing on the bike handling skills. But then I think it's more intense. So like an hour on Zwift is far more intense than an hour on the road because you're constantly cycling. That's the one thing. You have to constantly cycle unless you're going down a hill and you hit 64 kilometers an hour. Then they um, they have um, a function where um, I don't even know how to describe this. Basically, you can freewheel and it's like a drafting effect. But up until that kilometers and like that's a significant speed, you have to keep pedaling. Whereas on the road, if you're outside, you're freewheeling, you're maybe stopping at traffic lights or crossroads and you have to deal with wind factors things like that so zwift is definitely more intense an hour on zwift is maybe worth 90 minutes on the road it is that as well and especially when it is target oriented like like we say it is about the watts and so some of your trainings that you can do on zwift you can follow a training plan on training plan on zwift or trainer road where you're actually targeting watts or rpm for a certain period of time so it's working on on building up your ability to have that endurance and that power at that certain cadence or RPM. So it's it's very targeting training, which has massive, massive benefits. Uh, like like you said, when you're dealing with a 40-foot lorry on a country road that's trying to pass you out, there's a lot more going on when you're trying to focus on a single leg pedal. You know, So when you're in the safety of yeah. your own house, 
when you've got that kind of freedom to take a chance with focusing on one leg and take looking at your knee to make sure your knee alignment is up and down as opposed to bowing out right and left you can't really do that when you're on the road and there's potholes and there's trucks and there's cars so it's um a lot of that goes by the wayside um it's uh so there is benefits to both so when the hard work kind of put on to the swift can i would argue right so maybe you'll agree or disagree will definitely benefit you more than a treadmill versus running but you know definitely benefit you more in terms of your cycling technique when you actually get onto the road and you have to focus on on everything else yeah um definitely and just to like you know with obviously covid19 and everything we have been locked down for most of the year and there was a pro triathletes organization they held i think it's pto pro triathletes organization have been holding a lot of events around the usa for let's say the top 40 um triathletes in the states and one of the girl who actually ended up winning paula finley she's an like she's an incredible itu um triathlete she hadn't raced in a year and majority of her cycling within that year had all been on zwift and she came out and this was, um, I think it was about 70.3 distance and two hours on the bike in that perfect aero position, flawless technique, just holding her power. And that was something that she had just practiced over and over again on Zwift. So it just shows that it Whoa. does translate. Yeah. It, like You're not going to get Usain both saying, well, you know, I was, in the, I was on the treadmill for the last couple of months and that's what helped me get the 100 meter <laughs> you know, world record. Although, it's, having said that, Mo Farah does a lot of his running on the treadmill, believe it or not. I don't I'm know not, how. He just, apparently, Mo Farah. Well, they would say, the yeah, they, they'd say that the, like most American runners would run at an easy pace. I read recently up to like 80% of their runs would be easy pace. So yeah, that would make easy. sense for, for distance running on that. It's, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, when we switch the conversation, and I, I to me, because I'm nowhere close to it, but like we switch the conversation from a 1635 5k to you talk about cycling, there seems to be a lot more. I don't know if it's new or like it seems a lot more enthusiasm free for cycling right now. That running is completely in the rear view mirror. Is, is that the case? Like, is, it, is this all cycling? Is the running completely gone after an injury and there's no going back towards? that level because that's such a high level to not walk away from but everything seems to be into the cycling now um at the moment yes probably but the ultimate goal is duathlons um well progressing to right. triathlons but we have to overcome the swim don't <laughs> well, worry yeah, don't is... worry sean sean can't swim and i'm afraid of sea monsters so we have that oh, problem i as know well. i'm just so afraid that when <laughs> i can't see like how do i know what's going at me yeah. <laughs> um, so before lockdown hit, so this time last year, I was competing in the um, Triathlon Ireland Duathlon League. I think I was maybe coming fourth after a few rounds or something. Um, so hold on, hey, you just breeze over that. You just started cycling, started competing in the league, and all these people who do this day in, day out, you're like, yeah, I'll just finish around fourth or something. I like, agree, yeah. Well, I had a fifth place finish, a fourth place finish in the series in Nace. Um I think I did one more. I can't even remember now. And then it just got cut off. And I was like, oh, I was just getting into like the swing of things. I was just beginning to enjoy this. And it all got cut off. So that was the plan to, you know, do the cycling and the running side by side. Uh, but then the bad weather hit and, you know, 
wipe me outside and I can be sitting on my bike inside. This is and my I know point. such a terrible attitude to have. No, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's one one thing I've noticed since being home, like it was snowing today. I was like, oh, mentally, I was like, this, I'll, I'll get my indoor work done today and that'll be it. But then it's funny because I was the complete opposite. Um, once we went back to school in September, so I teach. And we went back to school in September and my cycling completely stopped. I was just running straight after school every day and doing no cycling. So I was the complete polar opposite. I suppose, again, coming back to our earlier conversation about just knowing you can do it. I always know I'll be able to get back up to a certain level of running. Like, I, I know I'll be able to go out and run 10K if I wanted to. And I think that means I don't pressure myself into making sure I run every week. Because I know once I go back to it, I know what to do in order to get my fitness up. And yeah, I'll just take it as it comes, really. Does that affect your weekly training then, knowing that the running is there? Would you have a lot more of your focus then on the cycling, or do you find you need a balance? Like let's say you're you're you were building up last year at uh, doing the nice track, the duathlon. Sorry, was most of your training then cycling or running leading up to that, uh, and and was that based on your your confidence in your running? Uh, yeah, it would have been mostly cycling because that um that would be my weaker of the two. Um, so there was a much more focus on cycling. Um, at the moment, it's purely for the love of it. I'm just extremely enjoying the cycling. I love being part of this e-team. Um, I just love the community aspect that I found on Zwift. Um, and then obviously with lockdown, not being able to go far, not being able to meet people, you know, it gives you that sense that you're doing it with someone. And so I think for me, I'm just kind of enjoying that at the moment. It's not that I don't want to run. Um, I went out for a run the other day. My brother tried killing me. I was like, okay, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I see. I suppose I'm not really training for anything specific at the moment. I suppose like everyone else, we don't know when things are going to start back. And as a result, my training kind of reflects that. I'm just sort of going with the flow. If I'm not feeling it, I'll take a day off and just basically trying to do something. And it doesn't really matter whether that's a cycle or a run. It is kind of nice that you've been at such a high level as well. And it, it's something that we try and tell people as well, that like being active like this, be it at a top level or not. And and even though you don't see yourself being at a top level now on the bike, I know from seeing your results and some of the stuff that you're doing on Zwift that you're you're doing OK, very much so. Um, but that this is just a way of like, like you said, you're not worried about if you take a day off because you know that you can do it. You know that you can go for the run, the cycle, the you know, like it's it's that is a mentality that active lifestyle is just something that's going to be with you forever and you obviously have that competitive edge that's that's kind of just developed in you over a few years so you'll it, it'll hurt you to see people passing you out so you'll always have that kind of want to do better for yourself um would it be right in saying that yeah definitely like I try and tell myself no no I'm not competitive but no I am competitive and I I will get back competing but I think, especially with the injury, I fell out of love with running and, you know, I didn't really run for a year and I refound my love of that. I actually ended up going over to Florida. Friends of mine have an amazing running store over there. They've built up a great community and it just made me see people loving the sport. And again, it doesn't, you don't have to be comp like super competitive like I was to enjoy the sport. Um, and I just think seeing people just going out, just trying to get fit, just doing it for the love of it, 
really made me realize or reconsider my reasons for running. Why was I running? Am I doing it just to compete and just to go here? And Or am I doing it because I absolutely love it and this is what I want to do? And then just going back to the active lifestyle, you know, I always had an active lifestyle and running was just part of that. So just realizing that this is why I'm running. I think that was really important. And um, yeah, it really changed, I suppose, my opinion of it, that I wasn't doing it to compete or to try and be the best. I'm going to be the best version I can be. But first and foremost, I'm going to make sure that I love doing it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a great way to look at it. Um, and that's one thing as well, because most of our posts, when we say like we hate running, they do them. They do the best on Instagram because I think people who are doing it now are we're always trying to beat our time. We're always talking about a five yeah. day PB. And me and Sean are the biggest culprits. We're always trying to beat ourselves. Actually, what my coach oh, once said to me, and what one of my coaches once said to me, and I'll never forget this: that running is the worst because no matter how quick you run, you could always run quicker. Or you'd always ask yourself, could I run quicker? So you you go out and you break the world record in the morning. And you can guarantee that the world champion or the world record holder is going, could I have gone quicker? Yeah. Like, that, that is, and I think that sucks you in. because, And, you know, that, I suppose you need to be careful that you don't get consumed by that. And I think, you know, it's very easy to be consumed by trying to go quicker. and But... Yeah, it's just about balance, I think. But yeah, it's so easy to get sucked in. I'm just looking at Sean here. I think he's about 10 minutes behind us in the conversation, is he? <laughs> I, I miss, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm getting every second word. I'm just hoping the internet holds up and that this interview is good. But um, <laughs> and look, I'm after missing a little bit. Of, so correct me if I'm wrong here. This has actually been answered. But let's say it's six months down the road and you know we're being optimistic here. COVID is, is not at a distant memory because we won't forget about this for a long, long time. But let's say, you know, it's, it's in the clear, events coming back up. Are you turning the power button off swift and focusing on other things? There's a balance everything. Like, what is there a, a goal ahead? You're, you're mentioning about open swimming. Is it's a track not a goal? There's a, a half Ironman a goal? Is there something there that, that, that's coming next, next for you, Rachel? If COVID, let's say COVID <laughs> is gone six months from now. Um, I, I would love to do a 70.3. And that is the plan before I'm 30. So I have three years now to to kind of work on that. I would love to just complete a 70.3. I mean, obviously Kona would be the end goal in maybe 10 years time. Getting to Kona but, as maybe an age grouper for the Ironman. Um, and just, be... just to clarify, Kona is the world championship. So you have to you have to top your age category in an Ironman to get to Kona. So she's not just, she's not just looking to go on a holiday and sign up to it. She's looking to compete in the world championships. Hey, look. People do it. I'm glad you clarified year. that because I just heard like me. Corona. I was like, what? <laughs> yes, Corona is the Ironman World Champs. It is a brutal race. It looks fantastic. Like you just watch the videos of previous years and you just go, Yes, I would love to be there. Now, I mean, That's I it. think the best ever time is just under eight hours. Like you're looking at half a day. <laughs> so it would be torture. That's what I'm saying 10, 15 years from now. But no, short-term goal is I would love to build the courage to actually swim and do a triathlon and eventually, maybe within the three years, get to that 70.3. 
Well, me and Sean would offer to bring you swimming with us, but that would literally be the blind leading the blind on that one because <laughs> although I do them, I am terrified. I'm so. going to stop you there. It's usually this, this point in the show where we have a guest on and Eric throws out a challenge. So I'm, I'm just going to put a halt to it right there, Eric. If you say something about <laughs> open swimming and a challenge, like I, I'm going to say my impact completely goes and, and just leave you finish the end of the show because that ain't happening in my book. Uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> So what you're saying is we're all we're all gonna do a triathlon together is the challenge. So you can do the yeah, you can do the try. No. You can pick, do the try. Pick somewhere tropical that we can see the bottom and we'll be fine. <laughs> you used to have a goal of doing an Ironman before you are 30. I've already passed that mark. Oh, I no. miserably failed. I'm 33. I'm it ain't happening before I'm 30. For me, <laughs> so you guys still can live that dream. Yeah, look. I wanted to do it. I said I'd do it before I'm 30. So Rachel wants to do the half before she's 30. I think yeah. she probably has the better method about things. And she's definitely the better athlete. I think I'm just stubborn. So Yeah, yeah well, we'll fun uh... fact. Fun fact about me for all my running. I haven't even raced 10K. The most I've ever raced is eight kilometers. Like, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've run a half marathon. I haven't raced one. So, like, I really need to get my skates on and actually you know, do it before I do it so that I can have that mental advantage saying I've been here before. I know I can do this. Well, funny you say that, Rachel. I know two guys on a podcast. About you've run a 5K. <laughs> you've done a 5K in 16.35, but you've never actually ran a 10K and you're training towards that. I've never raced a 10K, no. <laughs> No, no, she has shocking. ran. She has ran 10 kilometers. She's oh, never yeah, no, I've, I've run a half marathon, but, like, in training. I've just never raced it. In training, four to five So I don't have an official time. Yeah, never raced no like I'm kind of glad she's never got a time, because right now we beat Rachel, the top athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Only because she never competed. <laughs> Listen, we've got six months until events come back. We need to milk this, Sean. Milk yes. this. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like saying I, I've, I've got a better driving record and Stevie Wonder. Like, it's just he hasn't done it yet. He'd probably do better than us blind anyway. <laughs> if only you could see it now. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, it has been an absolute whirlwind to speak to you because it's been a breath of fresh air to hear someone so focused in one sport pick up a brand new sport and and fall so much in love with it it's um it's kind of what we're trying to encourage people to do as well when we've had so many different guests on with different backgrounds of what they're trying to achieve and it's a it is amazing have you any final kind of pieces of advice for anyone listening and who want to try something new yeah triathlons i suppose the one thing i would say is it doesn't matter what level you're at it's difficult for everyone So don't think that just because someone's running faster than you, it's not difficult. They say that it, you never, it never gets easy. You just get quicker. So I would just encourage people to just stick it out, maybe try something new and just have a blast. Like you're doing this because you want to maybe feel good. You want to get fitter. You know, you're doing it for positive reasons. So don't let the negative side take over and take away from the positive reasons that you're doing sport. And at the end of the day, sport has so many benefits and it's great to see so many people doing it these days. Yeah, it is great to see so many people getting out and giving a try like, and, and getting addicted to the their local 5K route and, and the step challenges yeah. and stuff. It's it's a fantastic thing to see, especially with summer on the horizon. And it's, it is always easier to run when it's a long sunny evening and it's, it's nicer to get out for those cycles. So it's great to see so many people encouraged to keep doing their little bit. And as you said at the very start of this, be consistent. You know, just keep turning up, even if it's a half 
half hours training session is better than no training session at all. It's it's still that consistency. Exactly. No matter how slow you are, as they say, no matter how slow you are, you're still beating everyone on the couch. So it's absolutely just get up, brilliant. Get out the door. And that's the hardest part. Getting out the door. I find personally that is the hardest thing. Getting out the door and getting on the bike. Once I'm there, I'm committed. But it's getting there is the struggle. So just do it. I actually feel bad now for not going on my run, but uh, <laughs> I, I I'm not failed. trying guilty. Failed on that. Too late step. for that. I failed on that step. Well, Sean, I think we've taken up enough of Rachel's time tonight, and it's been an absolute I think amazing so very- podcast. Thank you very much, guys. I've had fun. Rachel, thank you very Sean. much for being this episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Eric's about to interrupt me there. There's a, bit, there's a bit of a lag on my end for the last 40 minutes, Eric. Thank you very much. And it's nothing to do with the internet. It's just too. your brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's well past my bedtime as we record this episode of the podcast, guys. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Rachel, thanks once again. Eric, our sideline was just for you on that. And guys, <laughs> you can find exactly what that was. Thank you once again for listening. That's it from all three of us. Take care.